Discouragement is not an abnormal thing to life. So, though we don't like it, you know, it's, it's one of those battles. Things that, that, that trigger discouragement. In fact, as it says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. You can just literally get literally ill. You can get spiritually ill. You can get physically ill. Your vision can get ill. Jesus Christ came to restore hope to humanity. I say it, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. He's just not just concerned about your, your eternal destiny. He's concerned about your daily journey. That's why he says when you wake up every morning, you can be assured that the mercies of God are brand new. Fresh start, full abundance, haven't been depleted. It's the one thing that you can draw on, and yet it never diminishes in its abundance for you. Oh, yes. So last week we started about talking about the vision, 2017, and maybe making it some specifics about it. Start about the importance of the local church and, you know, and, and uh, its role that it, it, it plays. And um, that's on the uh, CD from last week. How do you see the church? Do you see the church as a building? Then you're not looking high enough. Do you simply see it as a denomination? Then you're not looking wide enough. Do you see it as a sum total of all Christians? Then you're not looking deep enough. Dr. Evans, great pastor, says this, the church is nothing less, and if we capture this, the church is nothing less than the ongoing incarnation of Christ in the earth. It is the ongoing incarnation of Christ in the earth. He has a claim to himself to be the head. But he has attributed to the believer to be his body. Paul said, we no longer see him after the flesh, but we see him after the spirit. The average person would not be able to see it. Those that have not, you know, understand what the spirit is and what the kingdom is. But those that would be able to understand this born again experience would begin to recognize that, that the church is, is really the body of Christ. A living body with a message, a purpose, and a call. A call to make people's disciples of him. And just as Peter was a living stone, each one likewise is a living stone making up this mysterious structure that is the church today. Acts 20, 28, that to the leadership, he says, you need to take heed to yourself and to the Holy Spirit and to everything around you because the church has been purchased with a great price, the price of of him. Vision is a wonderful thing, and we all need it. Vision needs to have attached to it 
three things at least, and that is what? What is the vision? And how can we fulfill the vision? Whether it's the church vision, whether it's your personal vision, and then when? How? Or no, what? How and when? In all three of those, we must wait upon, you know, for the discovery of it and God to clarify those in our lives. What it is, you know, how can it be done? And then when is it to be done? And it is in the when department that oftentimes, you know, is the one that is most challenging and most difficult. Even Moses ran into trouble with the when. As he made his time, you know, and entrance to try to help a people that needed help. And it turned sour. Now he knew what, and he knew how it was going to be him, but he just simply missed the when. But when he got the when with the what and the how, it came together and it, it works. Yeah. My scripture that I've chosen this morning to begin with is Psalms 92, 12 through 15. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree and shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Now, I don't know, just a little background, that would probably be the Garden of Eden in reference to, you know, or the most beautiful place that we could go to here on earth. It probably wouldn't be the frozen northern. It would be a southern climate. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness. In, in him. It's that planting. Just like you have to plant a tomato. In order for it to be fruitful. Scripture says that there is an element that connects us. To the potential. The fullness of the promises. And that is planted in the house of the Lord. In verse 9 of that same passage of Scripture, it states that you are weakened when you are scattered, when you are disconnected. But when you are brought together, you are strengthened. So togetherness strengthens us, separation Weakens us. The word planted means stationary or permanent. To flourish is defined as to break through as a bud. A breakthrough in your life. To blossom is to spread. To be fresh is to be rich, fertile, and prosperous, and productive. To always be moving forward. It's becoming a part of a greater thing. So the church, it's a good thing. Christ has a vision for the church. 
Vision for the church is found throughout scriptures, but I'd like to draw your attention to Zechariah chapter 9 and 10 in your personal studies. And the purpose of the church is to provide a living witness to his goodness and his beauty. So we're going to be the church. Number one, we need to have a living testimony, a lively testimony. And it always needs to rise to the element of God is good. What God does is beautiful. It's wonderful. Everything he does is is good. Now, I might have some issues and I might have some trials, but God is good. Anybody here with an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. That God is good all the time. All the time. So God's vision for the church is that we be a living witness. And, you know, what we say, you know, and how we live has a lot to do with us testifying correctly. Number two, God's vision for the church you'll find in this particular passage of Scripture in Zechariah 9 and 10 is that God wants us to rule and leave an impression. Leave an impression of his righteousness, his peace, and the joy that's found in the Holy Spirit. Where are you getting it from? I'm getting it from the Holy Spirit. Because the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, right? But righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Our source is the Holy Spirit. And so that rule that we're to have is to leave an impression. Not to to necessarily be dominant, you know, or to take over, but to leave an impression. Because what does salt do? It leaves an impression. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light that's set on a hill. It's a beacon, it's a beam. It shines different. It radiates, you know, a different kind of light. And then a church that aspires to greatness in his name. Not just, you know, loving the safety of the boat but making sure the boat is drawing others to safety. Aspire to greatness in his name. It literally means to be strong like a mighty warrior. Be strong like a mighty warrior. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. In the Holy Spirit, he said, God has went ahead and saw to it that you're possessed with power. Or let me put it this way. Invested with power is better, not possessed with power. Invested with power. Because it's you and him. To aspire in greatness means to be well-disciplined. Clear as to our mission and, and then filled with zeal. So let me wrap it up with this. It means to be glorious, shining in goodness and beauty, strong and filled with gladness, drawing people in from around Equipping the young and the old alike to take the work up, take the work of the king, take up the work of the kingdom with joy, bursting at the seams, prevailing through trial and affliction. How are we doing? Anybody think we can do better? 
chair. Absolutely we can. And we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to do better. And we are doing better. It's the one institution that is guaranteed success against the devil, against the forces of evil. The gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Never be afraid to go into battle. Never be afraid, you know, to pursue the mission and the vision and to get involved because it will succeed. We mentioned last week how that we would not have hospitals, we would not have nursing homes, no matter what you think of them. But they grew out of the compassion that the church brought to society. The compassion that the good Samaritan had when he saw the man robbed and left, you know, without care. He stepped in and he took of his own and became a supplier and a provider. It's an old, old song. And I mean old. And the title of it is Brighten the Corner Where You Are. Anybody know that one? Karen knows it. You know it? You're not that old, honey. I know that. You must have learned it from me, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing a good job. I'm passing on, aren't I? <laughs> but the, the general idea is, is, is just simply that is you have a place, you have a corner, you have a light. You do. You have a placement. You have a position. And that to, you know, make that light brighter, more attractive, more beautiful, more influential. For Vision 2017, just let me recap. A church that champions the cause of Christ. Church that champions the cause of Christ. Challenging and encouraging everyone to be all. You hear it a phrase, but to really be all that we've been called to be because God has made us into his image and into his likeness. A church that refuses to be content with the triumph of the past. Now we must have, or if we have triumphs of the past, we must recall them. Historically, they have been used, you know, to encourage our future. But always constantly looking forward to the future. I not only want to be able to tell you what God has done, but I want to be able to tell you what God is doing. You not only want to be able to tell people what God has done, but you want to be able to tell them what God is doing because he's a God of the present, a God of today. He has a fantastic record of the past. But he's not hung up on yesterday. He's present in today. Laying the groundwork for the future. Hallelujah. That's why he said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I want you to know I got all the bases covered. Yesterday knew me. Today's generation will know me, and the future is also going to know me. I'm not taking, you know, in saying that the first generation gets more than the second generation, and vice 
vice versa, or on down the line. All the power of the first generation is available to the present generation and the future generation. Filled with vision that inspires and influences. How do people go away from your presence? Food for thought. The Holy Spirit himself is an encourager. And so people should go from your presence and encouraged. It's not bypassing some of the realities of life, but always serving, you know, the dessert of hope. Amen. Hallelujah. The dessert of hope. He came to give hope because hope had been lost. A lot of things had been fulfilling its place. But when Jesus Christ came, the angels began to sing the song of hope. There is still a place of peace on earth and goodwill to all mankind. A church big enough to dream, yet personal enough, personal enough for everyone to find their place. If you are not the eye, be content with being the ear. If you are a hand, don't wish to be a foot. A worshiping church that reflects a passion for Christ that others sense his magnificence and his power. Our worship and our, our singing and our time must not just tell of, a, of the horrors of the journey. They must also reflect upon the glory of the victory. Hallelujah. The glory of the victory. Singing and worship, and I'm so proud of the worship team and the subject matters and, and, and the way that, uh, that they lead and the thought process, the magnificence and the power of God. There's no one like our God. We got to begin to say it, and I'll tell you why. Because the other gods are really getting bold. Right? They want you to shut up about your God, but they're not going to shut up about their God. Don't promote your God, but let us promote our God. Well, the best way we can promote our God is tell how awesome he is. Because everybody's looking for an awesome God, a living God. A personal God, a God that actually cares, is interested. This is a brand new one for this week, for this Sunday now. A church that loves God, loves people, and loves life. Now, these are not just sweet little, you know, phrases. Love God. Love people and love life. Are you loving life? But you can't stand people? <laughs> You're going to have some hiccups.
Yeah, amen. <laughs> Love life. Needs to be reflection. Reflection on our gathering, a reflection on our associations. Paul, when he faced with various parables, he says, I know in whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded. I'm drawn strength from. I'm convinced that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And he goes and covers all the arenas, and then he goes ahead and throws this blanket and says, and anything else that might be overlooked. I don't know about you. I need the Holy Spirit to help me. That's what he's for, to help us. We don't always approach it right. We don't, don't always get it right. You know what I mean? But we want to. That's what Paul said. Paul wrote to the Corinthians and said, you know, he said, he said, I want to get it right, but I'm not getting it right. I need some help. Thank God God sent, has sent a helper. Send us help. You need to ask the Holy Spirit for a little more help. I don't know. I not only need to, I am. More help. The church that live so people can see that God is real. That God is real. Titus chapter 2 verse 14 says that he gave himself for us to redeem us, to purify us as his own special people. And then he says, and that you would be a people of Zealous of good works. In other words, you know what I mean? I just can't wait. I just can't wait to get on the court. I just can't wait to get in the field. I just can't wait for the opportunity. I'm zealous for good works. Jesus said that they might see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. That somehow that there would be enough of our good works and enough of our, our verbal communication that they'd understand that it's Jesus. Why are you doing it? It's because of Jesus. It's for his glory. For his name. Absolutely. Every story... For God's glory. Right? Every story for God's glory. There's no other name, the name of Jesus. This is going to sound maybe a little funny, but here's, here's my take on it. Number one, youthful in spirit. I said, I know I can't stop from aging, but I'm going to do my best to try to stop from getting old. Youthful in spirit. Generous in heart. Faith-filled confessions. Loving in nature and inclusive in expression. Now, let me do that inclusive in expression. You don't have to do it the way I do. I mean, this is just good therapy if you do this, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> I mean, you know, if you lift your hands, it's, I mean, you know, in the Bible it does tell us to lift up our hands in the sanctuary. But, but you, you know, the diversity of worshipers, you know what I mean? Is, you know what I mean? As a church, you know, 
Now, the worship team is going to do it this way. You know what I mean? And they encourage you, and, and, and we release them to do that, you know. Every once in a while, you'll find somebody, you know, and they get so excited, they start actually dancing. More power to them. More power to them. It's you know, inclusive in worship. Some people get louder in worship and some people get quieter in worship. Just worship. Amen. Hallelujah. What are you saying? You're saying we're not going to pick them. The person, you know what I mean, that is more demonstrative. Nor are we going to pick on the person that is less expressionate. Those are some of the things I've learned through life. Church that brings love and hope of Christ to impossible situations. Feeling this mandate that drives us, we've got to help people. We've got to bring help. We've got to bring, bring hope. There's a word that I would like for you to put in your vocabulary for this year and attach it, you know, to everything, and that is the word flourish. Flourish. You see, a lot of what you have is good. It just needs a touch of flourishing. You don't need another plant. You just need the plant to flourish. You don't need another garden. You just need the garden that you got to flourish. Hallelujah. That's right. You don't need to change. You just need it to flourish. They that be planted in the house of God shall flourish. That, that connection that God promises there, you know, is to flourish. A church whose head is Jesus, whose help is the Holy Spirit, and whose focus is the Great Commission. And however that plays out for each and every one of our lives, but as a church even, you know. Our touch in the mission fields. I would presume that somehow through your hands and because of your gifts and, you know, and because of the relationship that we have, that we probably, you know, uh, have at least 20 missionaries. And there's hardly any, probably, continent that we do not and have not touched and not touching because of our mission program. Coming in April, a young couple will be with us from Romania. They'll be with us in Romania. God has knit our heart together. And they are their, their their mission is not only a church, but they're they're helping, you know, establish a home for what that country is so noted for, and that is prostitution rings. People in prison in that arena setting them free. Next generations, and then we have generations. That great commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Hallelujah. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and you know, 
teaching them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you. And so we don't just go in and we just don't just go ahead and, you know what I mean, introduce Jesus Christ. We set something up, you know what I mean, so that we can nurture Jesus Christ in their lives. Last week, we just announced the, the launching of our youth, you know, uh, ministry. Doug and Tanya Lackler are going to head that up, and he's already jumped right into it, and, you know, events and things that are happening as we're preparing ourselves for, you know, the present and, and the future. We have a mission. We cannot just enjoy our boat ride. It's possible just to enjoy your boat ride. Being saved. You know, safe. And secure in your future. And assured of your present. But we must pull in those that are still in the water. And I believe it's the same Holy Spirit today that still can, is still doing the same thing as he said to Philip, to the Ethiopian in his chariot. They didn't know each other, but God made a divine path crossing. He said to Philip, he said, I want you to go join yourself to the chariot. You don't have to get in everybody's chariot. He hasn't called you to jump on everybody's chariot. But every once in a while, he's going to bring a chariot by. Someone that's searching, someone that's looking and has a question in life. It may not necessarily be a question about Jesus yet, but of a question in life that opens the door for opportunity to tell them about Jesus Christ. And the one thing that I've discovered uh, through you testifying to me and telling me is that, is that the one thing that's missing, even in the world in the world out there and people that, you know, even may know about God and that he's a savior, they don't know that they can have a personal relationship with him. And so I think that's a, another key element to, to be conscious of is that you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That he can be a, a friend that sticks closer than a brother, that he's a daily companion in your life. Okay. Begin to introduce them that way and, and you know, let them see it in, in your life. That the name of Jesus is exalted. The name of Jesus. For I have given him a name. See, he's earned the right for his name to be exalted. It says, it says, the father said this. He said, you know what I mean? Because he went ahead and was obedient to all of this. He said, I've given him a name which is above other, every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. When it comes to you and I, the name of Jesus Christ is the exalted name. He's our connector. He's what connects us. It's not Pastor Don, Pastor Jim, and not Bible Center Church. Though they all have a place. But it's Jesus. Jesus. In our bulletin, there is our core values, and I want to run through those with us. Just a fresh reminder, because Peter said, I stir your pure minds up by way of remembrance. But it says, one of our 
purpose is to seek God's presence with power. Seek God's presence with power. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. We live in a power age. By what power, in what name have you done this? Was the question that was asked, you know. Peter and John. And they said, we've done it by the power of the name of Jesus. To nurture God's presence with love. I don't know how that speaks to you and how that might relate to you. I know how it would with me, having been through so many, you know, streams of, you know, of God's presence. To grow God's, God's presence with character. To demonstrate God's presence with compassion and to share God's presence with, with hope. I'll ask my musicians to come. A church that's on a journey and people whose journey in life intersects with people in the community. Intersects with people in the community. One thing that is very uh, encouraging to me is, which I don't, I'm not a Facebooker and what are those other things, you know what I mean? But I love how our generation has, is using these avenues, you know, to, it just, you know, my kids will read them to me and, and the things that you're saying, you know, you know, what a, what an amazing, you know what I mean, testimony, you know, and getting us out there. Your word, you know, what you post is a tremendous impact, you know, of connecting, of connecting with people in the, the community. An area I think that is a church that I want the Holy Spirit to do and, and I think we have to set ourselves you know, in place for it too but that is greater joy and peace expressions of greater joy and, and peace joy of the Lord is your strength he said there is a peace that passes all understanding. All understanding. It's not something that's manufactured. No, it's, 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 it's that something that comes of the awareness and relationship. It's a greater joy and peace. Another one is <clears throat> healthier relationships. If you got good relationships, <clears throat> and a relationship is good, you, you, you've invested into that relationship, you know, to make it that way. But if there are relationships that are not, you know, where they should be, you need to invest in them. You need to invest in them. Because, see, that's what, that's what God did. He invested in the relationship. He went ahead and began to fill the spots, you know what I mean, that were causing the disconnections. He shed his blood because there was a disconnection between us and the Father. You see, you hear, see what I'm saying, you know? There are avenues, you know, that bring the connection back. And so and in relationships, you know, sometimes they got to have some attention. So that they're, that they're healthy. 
He that hath friends must show himself friendly. You want people to get closer to you? Be around people. Smile a little bit. Be interested in them. Don't just tell your story. Ask them about their story. This is fundamental and practical, but this is where the church, you know, begins to make inroads into our communities and our our societies. And above all, that when we're together as a body of Christ, love must have and breathe the leading element. For by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have one to another. He says when discord and, you know, and little things that irritate you begin to happen, hell, Let's do away with it. Happens to the disciples and Jesus said, you know, it's not going to be so among you. Might happen in the world, but not here. Only buddy say, it might happen in the world, but not here. Come on. That's right. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bonds of peace. The bonds of peace and unity will never happen, you know, in a... It's getting late, isn't it? Oh, I thought she was showing me her watch, you know. (laughs) And I had to decipher whether or not it was the timing or whether she was just being so glad that I gave her that for Christmas, you know. (laughs) I don't have to process all those things at one time and still keep preaching, you know what I mean? (laughs) Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bonds of peace. All right? The unity of the Spirit will always be where we pursue the avenue of peace. It's not perfection, it's peace. It's a difference, church. Sometimes, you know what I mean, we get mixed up with perfection until we get perfection, we decide we can't have peace. But that's not what he's saying. And we have been so blessed here in this, in this house. And you are such a great people of, of, of peace. But I want you to know that the enemy is working. And if you want to see first the natural, then the spiritual, how he's working, look at our divided nation. You know, look at how he stirs trouble. You know, Look at how he makes big things out of nothing. How he twists and turns it. We have to beat him at his own game. Amen? Hallelujah. I'll tell you. You know, let me give some things about spiritual distinction and I'll close with this. Involve yourself in the practical needs of the community. What Rose and Gordy is doing is just, you know, in, I'm saying that you have to build a, uh, something on your house to do this too, you know? Uh, yeah, hire Gordy to do it. Exactly right. Exactly right. You know? but, but, you know, it's those little things like that. Last, last night, Jenna and Dominic had a great time with the young people or young adults, et cetera, you know, et cetera. Just bless you, you know? Just stepping up to the plate and, and, and doing it, you know what I mean? Uh, so the practical needs of, of the community. To visit the fatherless and the widow. And then what? Keep yourself unspotted from the world. <laughs> we won't go into that. Invest in building friendships with people and invite people. Jesus said in Matthew 22, he said, when, he said, go out into the highways and the byways and invite the people to the feast. See, you're not just inviting them to, to church. 
You're inviting them so they can be ready for the feast. The feast that God has prepared for all his sons and daughters when finally the journey of life here is finished. A feast. It's called a marriage. It's the marriage of his son, Jesus Christ. Stand with me with the bride. Amen. Now, what will you'll notice different about my vision and a lot of people's vision is my vision is more relational than it is vehicles. The reason for that is, is because that's where God starts in relationship. And it's out of relationship that the vehicle happens. You can't just have the vehicle if you don't get the relationship. What does he start with? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Right? That's relationship. And thy neighbor as thyself. That's relationship. Then when that begins to happen, you know what I mean? You'll find that the vehicle is in the relationship. It's in the relationship. The children of Israel tried to marry the vehicle, how can I put it? The new cart and the ark. And they were using the, the cart to carry the ark. But God says, no, that's not how it's done. It's the people that carries the ark. So it's relationship, and that is then the vehicle. Father, thank you this morning. We bless this people, and we speak the word of flourish upon every plant, every household, every vision, every dream, every day, and every life. In the name of Jesus Christ. And all the people said amen. 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 All right. God bless. Let's go do it.